we're going through um, our ultimate questions, uh, which is what happens when we we take a break from our usual sermon series um, to look at a, speci- a specific question or an issue that impacts us. And a couple of months ago, we looked at the issue of assurance. How can I know that I'm a Christian? How can I know that I'm saved? And last month, we tackled the ultimate question, how can I share Jesus with others? And we learned some super practical tips on how we can... Uh, how we can um, Live this out, and you know, one of the key things was you know to ask questions and keep asking questions. Now, this month we're going to shift focus, and we're going to look at the uh, legalization of of cannabis in Canada. And uh, and this message is based on the conviction that the Bible is absolutely relevant and can speak into any and every issue of life if we're willing to look and engage and use our heads and our hearts. So we have a lot to get through today. Let's begin. So I'll, so I'll start with, with, this, with this understanding, with this premise, is that we live in a moral universe, and we all have a sense of what's right or wrong. So, we, so what that means is that we all have an invisible line in our lives in which we say, if I'm standing over here, then I'm okay. But if I cross this invisible line and I cross over here, then I'm not okay. Something's wrong. And regardless of whether we consider ourselves religious or atheist or spiritual or not, we all have to draw a line, because if you don't have a line like that in your life, then, then you will drive yourself crazy, okay? So we all need a line where, where, where it's clear what is good and what is not, what is right, what is wrong. So we can call this line, um, you know, for want of a better phrase, we can call it the line of good and bad, okay? And... Each of us, with all of the situations in our life, we, we ask ourselves this, where do I place my line and how do I know that it's in the right place? So, and, and for people who, who believe in Jesus, there are two reference points. There are more, but, but we'll talk about two reference points this morning that help us to place our line of good and evil. Uh, the first is this, if it clearly says don't do it in the Bible, then don't do it. And the second reference point is this, if it's illegal, then don't do it. So if it's clearly against God's laws, it's off limits, and if it's clearly against human laws, it's off limits. Now, of course, there are exceptions, but in, but in general, this is kind of how we navigate through life. This is why people in general don't run red lights. This is why people don't just walk up to other people and stab them in, a stom- in the stomach with a knife, because we have these two reference points. But what do we do when neither of these responses fit? How do we respond to something when the Bible is silent on the matter, and when our nation's laws now say it's okay? And marijuana, or cannabis, is a great example of this. Because on October the 17th, 2019... The Cannabis Act came into being, stating that people who are 18 years or older can possess up to 30 grams of of legal cannabis in its dried or equivalent non-dried form in public. The law has moved. 
the Bible is silent. So what do we do now? Well, the good news is that we don't just have to eyeball it. You know, we don't just have to guess and hope that our line is roughly in the right place. Uh, we, we can still use the Bible as a guide, drawing principles from it to help us live lives that glorify God. Now, the Bible says of itself in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it's there on the screen, it's a little bit small, so feel free to turn to it in your own Bibles if you want. But 2 Timothy 3.15 says this, You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and that they have given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. So we get wisdom from the Bible. Verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. This is what the Bible says of itself. And Psalm 119 verse 9 says this, How can a young person stay on the path of, of purity? By living according to your word. So even when the Bible is silent on a matter, it can still act as a guide to help us navigate these scenarios. And Jesus shows us this in Matthew chapter 4 when he resists the attacks of Satan by knowing the Bible and then leaning into and speaking out God's principles of truth into that particular situation. Now, when we talk about cannabis, it's important that we are wise in how we speak about it. Because in 2019, we've read so many tweets and memes and clickbait articles that we think that speaking in the language of sensational headlines is normal and ordinary and okay. But when we speak in shorthand, we can miss or we can sometimes say something that overall is true, but miss the nuances that are super important. And so it's important that you hear today that I'm not talking about the medicinal use of cannabis. Now, I posted a heads up last week on Facebook and Instagram that we would be having a conversation about this at church today. And over the span of maybe a couple of hours, the red light of my notifications went on and off so much that I nearly had a seizure. <laughs> and so it's clear to me that the issue of medical cannabis is not, is not simple. It's not a cut and dry thing. We aren't able to say, God says it, I believe it, that settles it. We, we aren't able to say that. After all, m marijuana is part of God's good creation. And so whenever we're having a conversation about this, we have to start there, that God created marijuana, God created cannabis. And as, as Tom Breeden and Mark Ward say, our mandate as God's stewards is to figure out the right and wrong ways to use God's good gifts to further his goals for the world. And that really applies to absolutely everything, right? So, here today, we're really going to focus our attention, our attention on the recreational use of cannabis. And I'll be the first to say I am no expert on this, which is why I've called it a conversation, hoping that if I say anything that's awfully wrong, I can excuse it and say, well, we were just having a conversation. Sorry, 
Now, when I was younger in the UK, so this is an example of how little I know about this subject. When I was younger in the UK, one of the words that we had for marijuana or, or for cannabis was skunk, okay? And I never knew until I moved to Canada why it was called skunk. And I only found out when I smelled the glorious smell of roadkill skunk. And then I realized, oh, that's why they call it a skunk, because it smells exactly the same. And uh, once I tried a joint at, at university, I had a little puff, I didn't get high, and I felt really guilty afterwards. So all in all, it was a pretty miserable experience. And you know, so over the past few weeks, I, I, I've been learning words like THC and CBD and RBC and CBC. <laughs> but I'm not an expert. Uh, now, I, now, I, now I know that there are many pastors uh, in Canada who are trying to help their flock wrestle with, this, with these issues, and many of them preach a, a much more effective sermon than I. And so I want to do something a little bit different today. Uh, I, I, I wanted to interview someone who's had first-hand experience uh, with marijuana, who has experienced addiction who through the grace of God and love of family and friends has come through the other side and is now a testimony to the effects of cannabis, but more importantly, to the effects of God. Now, I want you to know this before he, he comes up. This is a young man who's being incredibly brave today. Uh, he's a great example of the discipleship that can take place in the home and in the church. And what he's doing here today is not easy, but it's important. And I believe that there's way too many of us who choose what is easy over what is right. This is a young man who takes seriously Psalm 51 verse 13, where David, after falling and failing, allows God to use his story to teach others. David says, then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. So this lad is sharing what you cannot learn by reading books or articles. He's sharing his experience. And after Cody has shared, I will wrap up the message with a couple of applications. Like I said, this is not the final word on cannabis by the world's ranking expert. This, this is a conversation. So let's welcome Cody up to the platform. Have a seat. Yeah, it kind of rocks a little bit. It's an IKEA special. All right. So after you settled, too short. <laughs> you can lower it. There's little things on the side. No, I'm good. You're okay. Okay. So uh, first question is, uh, what's your name and how old are you? I'm Cody, and I'm 16. Cody is 16. Okay. How do your parents feel about you being up here right now? Um, I think they're nervous for me, but they're happy. Okay. I hope so. Anyway. Great. How do you feel about you being up here right now? I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> okay, so, uh, you know, just so that we can get to know you a little bit more, what kind of things do you do for fun? What are your passions in life? Um, I definitely would have to say skateboarding, yeah. for sure. I love doing that. Um, I like doing pretty much any sport that involves throwing. Um, I like coming here and helping on Wednesday nights for youth and mentoring the, the younger the younger kids I like to do that and not the same stuff that I used to be able into but 
through the grace of God, I got that changed. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. So why don't you uh, share with us a little bit, how, how did you first get into uh, using cannabis? How did you first get into uh, using m- marijuana? Um, it really started out as like wanting to be part of the cool kids, you know, doing what everyone else is doing and feeling left out. So that was like how it started and it kind of like morphed into something later, but that's definitely how it started was seeing the kids at school and knowing in order to be cool, you you basically had to do that Mm. and, you know, be involved in that lifestyle. And, you know, I didn't know what I was opening the door into. I just thought it was, I had no idea. I didn't even want to do it. It was just, I wanted to be part of the cool kids and that's how it started for sure. Okay. Thanks. So what would you say to someone that, uh, you know, now that it's legal, that you know, smoking a joint is just the same as, you know, having a beer? Like, how would, you, how would you respond to that person? Well, I would say for sure that there's 100% a difference because, you know, you, you don't just go and smoke just because you want to smoke it because it tastes bad and smells terrible. So, like, why would you want to go and do that for n- hmm. no other reason than just to go and have a smoke? Like, it's not like a cigarette. I would say, like, the main reason was to get high. Like, that's, there's no other reason to do it than, like, you know, having a beer because you like the taste of it or whatever, you know. Like, you can't get D non-THC marijuana for a reason because you, you would never sell anything. So. Okay. Can you tell me what THC is? Um, so or, like the, or, or, or what it means? Or it basically it is, like, the part that gets you high. So, like, you know, like, if you get non-alcoholic beer... You know, there's no alcohol in it. Mm. But, like, it's the same thing with THC. You know, you can't buy non-THC marijuana because that's the part that you're smoking it for. Okay. So. Okay. Thank you. And what's the RBC and the CBC part of Well, there's there's the CBD, which is, like, the, the actual plant itself. So that's the part that's, like, they're using for like medical reasons because apparently it's really good for like arthritis and stuff like that Mm. but that part you have no like actual body high like it's not like you lose your judgment okay that's the thc okay thank you uh when uh when did you realize when did you first realize that you had a problem cody um i think it was definitely gradual and, you know, as you go through, you keep telling yourself that, like, you're okay and, you know, that that's what everyone wants you to think. But really, it wasn't. It was just you telling yourself that you didn't have a problem. But, but for, like, a w- long time, it was just, you know, ignoring that feeling of, you know, you know there's something wrong, and, but, like, you don't want to deal with it now. You know, just keep, I'll deal with it tomorrow, and then you never deal with it. Okay. Okay. So it was kind of like a, it was a gradual slide then. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Okay. What would you say was your uh, lowest point? My lowest point was definitely like at the, near the end when, you know, like it started out as something that you wanted to be cool with and do it because you wanted friends. Now and then, then it started turning into something that you needed to do without like, losing your mind and getting angry at everyone and you know like by the end you thought you were controlling this thing that you wanted to do 
and by the end it was controlling me like you know it de it decided when i woke up and uh, when i wanted to go and do it basically okay. and i think that's when i started that was my lowest point where it was like i was letting it control my life and you know that was really hard for like a lot of everyone because it was definitely uh, showing in my life okay in a bad way okay so so during this time you think other people were able to notice a change that had happened in your life that you weren't the you know the same cody that you were definitely before? yeah because you know i was all mellowed out all the time and you know i knew i knew i wasn't the same but i didn't really care because like but I didn't have the same energy and, you know, I didn't want to do anything, you know, I, everything made me mad unless I was basically going to get high. Okay. And, you know, like, as much as it's fun to get high when you're like, that's the only thing that you want to do, it's really not that much fun. Okay. But you think it's fun in the moment, but, you know, for like two hours maybe, mm. and then everything go back, goes back to worse probably. Okay. So you were talking about, about uh, getting mad and, you know, that the only thing that mattered was, you know, your, you know, your, your uh, next encounter. Um, so really, I, I, you know, I guess that there were, you know, you know I don't want to be putting words into your mouth, but it sounds like we're talking about some sort of, of an addiction, right? For, for sure, for sure, yeah. Because yeah. I definitely had an, an addictive personality before going in, and, you know, then it just turned my addiction to, to marijuana, basically. Okay. It's basically all I needed and all I wanted, or I thought I wanted at that point in my life. Mm. And, and it was kind of like a rebellion thing where it was like, I'm not an addict, so I'm going to prove to everyone that I wasn't an addict. But knowing that deep down that, like, you knew that you had a problem, but you just didn't want to fix it. Okay. Yeah. How did you prove to people that you weren't an addict? Well, you thought you were, you know, by lying and by pr trying to prove to them. But, like, you really knew that, like, you were and that you had a problem, but you just didn't, you were too lazy to fix it, or I was. Okay. Um, what was, so, you know, you've kind of showed us where the lowest point was. What would you say was going through your mind when you decided to stop using cannabis? There was, like, a whole bunch of things leading up to that point. You know, I, at that point, I, like, I was just getting ready to recover from my broken collarbone. And I was super thankful that, like, that was uh, a fast recovery. And I was realizing, like, all the things that were, like, coming back, like, getting back together in my life. If I could just, you know, keep the, that problem f solved for, for at least right now anyway. And I realized that, like, if I... If I stop smoking, you know, I, my whole life will go back to normal, basically. You know, I, I'll be able to go back to my school, you know, start getting good grades because I'm not worried about getting high all the time. And, you know, I'll have a lot more money because I'm not spending it all. Um, just like everything, my relationship with my family is my mom and dad will be able to trust me again, which is a big thing because, you know, there hadn't been, like, months go by that they were every time I was away they thought I was smoking which I was so that took a really took a long time to break that cycle mm. and you know and eventually you know God and like my sponsor Sean you know everything was leading up to it and I'm just like what's what the point if I smoke now it's going to make me more unhappy than if I smoke if I don't smoke so I was like
Okay. It's uh, kind of a no-brainer. If, basically, if I don't smoke, the, I'll be happier than if I do, which it started out with the complete opposite. Mm, so. mm. And, you know, and it made it pretty easy to stop at that point because, you know, I felt better about myself if I wasn't doing drugs. Right. And it was a, it kind of made, so like every day that went by that you were sober, you felt happier than if you weren't. And it was like the greatest feeling alive because, you know, you, you're living life how it was supposed to be lived. You know, mm. it wasn't, everything wasn't artificial. And, you know, at the beginning it's fun, but like at the end, you know, you're just like wanting to get higher. You want, you're chasing that next high. And to like be able to just like have a real high from like, you know, God and, you know, like going and skateboarding and being super happy just to go skateboard and not worry about being high was like mm. a high on its own. So it was mm. great. Okay. Yeah, because it, it's an interesting thing because cause my, my understanding is that, you know, is that you, using drugs is a way to escape reality. But it sounds to me like you were saying in the end that you were looking for an, an escape from the escape, right? You were wanting to get back to reality yeah, and from this place that you were in. Because like, the drug makes you, convinces you that you don't want reality. Mm. But by the end, I wanted reality and I didn't want to be high anymore. And, and then that made it super easy to stop at the end because I was like, why? Like, I just thought about it for a second. I'm like, why am I doing this? Because it doesn't even make me happy anymore. So what's the point in doing it? And mm. You know, it was like a switch the next day. I was like, basically, by the, the God, I don't know. It was just like gone completely out mm. of my life. And I never, didn't even think about it. For like mm. two weeks, I didn't even want to do it. And that was like, like I had gone like nine months of like doing it like every day pretty near. Right. And then I went from like never doing it in like three months and like didn't even think about it, which is crazy. I don't even know how that happened, but it was like in a light bulb that went off in my Amazing. head. And I just realized that, like, what's the point in doing this if it's making me more unhappy, yeah. making me, you know, hate my life than living, which I knew, like, if I look back at it, I was living a perfect life, you know. I didn't have family problems. I didn't have, you know, mental disabilities, you know. Mm. So, you know, if I had to look back at it, I could have, should have told myself how lucky I was to mm. just... All I needed to stop was stop smoking. And mm. It's like one of that saying, right? You, you don't know what you got till it's gone, right? Yeah, and like that's yeah. why I appreciate it almost. Not like what I went, like what I went through, but like what it did to me now. Because mm. I definitely wouldn't be the same person if I didn't go through that. Yeah, I might not have a an addiction, but I might be have an addiction to something else. Mm. You know, maybe not as like lifestyle kind of problem, but you know, a problem's a problem, so. Yeah, good. Thanks. It's awesome. <laughs> really cool. Um, so, uh, you know, you mentioned your family. What, what impact do you think that recreational, rec recreational cannabis use had on your family? So you're in a family of, what, seven? Yeah. Yeah, so how did it, you know, which in a minute or two, how did it impact them? It impacted them pretty pretty hard. Not like, it was just like the fact that like it was something that they didn't want me doing. And that I had my addiction that I was like pretty much addicted to this drug. But then I also had my parents telling me to do something that I didn't want to do. 
So then it was like an act of rebellion where I wanted to do it even more. And like, just it totally destroyed my relationship with them for like six months of, you know, like to everything I told them was a lie. And, you know, like, then it just opened the door for more lying of, you know, you just had to keep a story going for like so long. And, you know, like that destroyed my relationship with them because, you know, now they couldn't trust me to do anything. Hmm. You know, they couldn't trust me to be with my brothers. Hmm. And so, it, so it had an impact on your sibling relationship as for well? For sure, too, because, you know, then, then your sisters are starting to look at you differently because, you know, they're not that same person that they thought you were, rightfully so. And then, and then I didn't treat them well because... You know, if I'm trying to get high all the time, you know, you don't care about anything else. And mm. you're just mad at everyone. So if you have a bad day, you just come down and lose it on your sisters or your brothers. And, mm. you know, not being a great example at all. You know, bringing stuff into my house that, you know, my brothers shouldn't have known about for, you know, years. And then they're seeing me do it. You know, like, maybe, I don't know what that did to them, but... You know, it can't be good if I would have kept doing that. Mm. They would have, you know, picked stuff up for sure. sure. So then what would you say to your family? Like what, uh, you know, now that you're, you're in the place that you're at, well, what I would, would you say to them? I would definitely say that, you know, through knowing how hard it is that, like, really they did nothing wrong, even though I'm sure I told them once or twice that I didn't like what they were doing. In, in those exact words? <laughs> I don't yeah. like what you're doing? Definitely. Um, but, yeah, that, like, you know, I definitely know how hard it was for them to, like, make the decisions because I hated them, you know. My friends still don't understand how I don't hate my parents. And, you know, like, if you look back at it, it takes a lot of maturity to realize how good I had it. Because, you know, like, the stuff that I was doing, you know, maybe not be, might not be wrong or super bad for some parents. But, you know, when your parents have a, a view on something and you're completely going the other way, you know, mm. that's really hard for parents and stuff to see their kid go the other way that they mm. want you to go. So yeah. all kids here, listen up. Listen up. Yeah. My kids, listen up. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, but... To, to know how hard it hurt them, it made our relationship, once I fixed it, that much stronger. Mm. You know, it's ten times better than what it was even before I started smoking. But because I went through that, now I can appreciate it that much more. Okay. And that makes it stronger. So, it's so you're basically saying we should better. all go through that no, rubbish should. time? No, no, there's better ways to do it than that. But. <laughs> yeah, Okay. I'd like to ask you uh, one more question, and for, for this, I want you to turn and look at these lovely people out there. Um, if, if there was someone here that's either listening to us on the podcast or is here today, and they are either thinking of starting smoking cannabis or using edibles, whatever, um, or they are in the midst of it, now that it's legal, what would you say to them? I would say to anyone that you never know if you're the one that's going to be addicted. You know, not everyone is, but the ones that are, they didn't choose to be. They didn't know and then go ahead and do it. You know, they found out the same way that I found out. And, you know, no one started with doing heroin. You know, 
So, and no alcoholic starts out with, you know, drinking vodka. You know, it starts with, I just want to be a kid and drinking a beer. And it works the same way that, why open a door that you don't have to open? You know, if you don't have to do something, and then don't do it. You know, don't care what everyone else is going to say, because basically, once you're not a kid anymore, you know, there's not really that much peer pressure. And really, is it worth it to get the friends that don't even care about you? They're just caring about, you know, what you're doing. And, you know, not all of them are like that. But, you know, don't just don't open a door that you don't have to open, basically. Like, that's all I really have to say. Awesome. Well, thank you, Cody. That was awesome. Let's give him a round of applause. Lots of guts, lots of courage, right? So I want to leave us with a couple of principles, right? You know, we need to, get, we need to have something from the Bible, right? Uh, this is church after all. So in 1 Corinthians 6, it says this, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. So while Paul is speaking specifically to the issue of sexual immorality, this, the application to cannabis is quite clear. Because Paul was writing into a context in, people were, in which people were using their legal right to do something as an excuse not to look at it in any more depth. And so Paul pushes back on them and says, maybe you do have that right, but is it beneficial? Is it leading you into freedom or is it leading you into slavery? And this question needs to be asked of any substance or any habit that is addictive in nature. And I think that when our rights become our first consideration, then we need to do a heart check, especially if we call ourselves Christians. Because Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Philippians 2.7 tells us that Jesus made himself nothing, and yet there was no one in the history of humanity who has been more free or more himself than Jesus, who made himself nothing. He is our example. Now, I've listened to lots of messages and read lots of articles, and I even read a book in preparation for this message. And so very little of what I say is new with me. Um, but there's one line of thinking that has been especially, especially compelling for me, because I think that it cuts through the noise and the static that surrounds this issue. It raises the level of conversation above rights and freedoms. And, this, and this, this thing can be summed up in this one question, how much God do you want? How much God do you want? Because the Bible is very clear over and over again that when we choose something that replaces God in our lives, by default, we are choosing a godless life. And when it comes to using substances that alter our minds in some way or lower our 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 inhibitions, or lead us to act in a way that we wouldn't usually act. Well, the Bible is not fuzzy in its thinking at all. And Ephesians 5 verse 15 is a clear verse on this. It says, um, if we can go back to the slide there, Jake. It says in Ephesians 5.15, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music from your heart, 
to the Lord, always giving thanks to the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what Paul's doing here is he's he's setting it up as an either-or. You either choose to be drunk with wine or you choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot have the both. And so the issue isn't alcohol. The issue isn't substances. The the issue is intoxication. And and, and like we heard from Cody, you know, uh, and uh, what I've heard as well is is that you cannot smoke a joint and not get high. So where is that line? You know, where is that line? Um, and so, but looking at Paul's language, is he, is he saying, are you going to allow God to fulfill your cravings for a high? Are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to intoxicate you? Are you willing to get stoned on Almighty God? That's the language that Paul's using here. You either get drunk on wine or you, or you get drunk on God. You either get high on cannabis or you get high on God. But you cannot have your cake and eat it. Or you cannot have your brownie and eat it, I guess, in this case. <laughs> right? And so, and, and so any time that we choose the lesser high of substances, we automatically remove the greater and ultimate high of God himself. So we either choose the mind-altering power of substances or we choose the mind-renewing power of God. And, and look, in those, you know, in those verses, there's a link between, between um, resisting intoxication and worship. There's a link between resisting intoxication and fellowshipping with each other, being a drunk, being someone... Uh, who's a drug addict. It's a lonely, lonely place. And so I'd like to end by saying this. I had a lot more to say, but, but I think we've heard enough. God made everything good. God created fire. Fire is good. But you don't stick your hand in fire and not expect a bad result. God made the sun, but you don't lie on the beach in Mexico for five hours straight with no sunscreen and not expect bad results. God created barley, hops, water, and yeast. God created vineyards. God created the poppy. And God created cannabis. And cannabis was, was created good. But how we choose to use God's creation is our responsibility. And when we choose intoxication, when, when we cho- choose addiction, we stop short of God's best for us. When we choose to be saved from the realities of life by lighting up, we don't allow God to step into those situations and to meet us there. We miss out on God's best for us. And so the question is, how much God do you want? Are you living a life asking how much you can get away with? Or are you living a life asking how close can I get to Jesus? And suddenly, this question is not, no longer just about cannabis. It suddenly becomes about everything. How much God do you want? How close can I get to Jesus? 